Attention people who still care. How can regular people like us invest in a way that fixes our broken financial system? This is the question we ask on the Crowd Effect podcast. I am your host, Paul Lovejoy, activist investment advisor at Stakeholder Enterprise. On today's show, bipartisan sponsored bill to claw back bonuses of executives from failed banks easily passes in the Senate. In alternate reality news, the incompetent politician commission passes a bill to claw back perks and pay of failed politicians. But before we get into that, what does the pot calling the kettle black mean? There's a good chance you've heard this expression. And I asked ChatGPT for the history and it apparently has its origins in ancient Greece. However, it was popularized by the English translation of Don Quixote by Thomas Shelton. So the metaphorical meaning behind the expression is based on the idea that both the pot and the kettle, when used over a fire, become blackened by soot and smoke. Therefore, for one to call the other black is hypocritical, as they both share the same characteristic. Which brings us to our main story of the day. The Recoup Act passes in the Senate, giving regulators power to claw back executive pay. So the Senate passed the Recovering Executive Compensation from Unaccountable Practices Act, or Recoup, very clever. It passed last week, giving regulators the power to claw back compensation for executives of failed banks. The bill, which was passed by a vote of 21 to 2, was sponsored by Senators Sherrod Brown, Democrat from Ohio, and Tim Scott, Republican from South Carolina. The Recoup Act would follow the Federal Deposit, no, the Recoup Act would allow the Federal Deposit Insurance Company, a corporation, the FDIC, to claw back compensation that senior executives received in the 24 months prior to a bank's failure. This includes incentive-based, equity-based, and performance-based compensation, as well as profits realized from selling the bank's stock. The bill would also strengthen regulators' ability to impose penalties against senior executives who engage in reckless or unsafe banking practices. Additionally, it would require banks to adopt corporate governance and accountability standards that promote responsible management. So here's a quote from Senator Brown. The Recoup Act is a common sense measure that will help to ensure that failed bank executives are held accountable for for their actions. And here is Senator Scott. He said that the Recoup Act is a, and I quote, a win for responsible management. He added that taxpayers shouldn't have to pay for the incompetence, negligence, and misconduct of failed bank executives. So, what does this mean for taxpayer? Nothing, really. Uh, Maybe in the future, taxpayers don't bail out banks as of yet. Uh, The recent string of bank failures was paid paid for by the banking industry. And in 2008, it was the U.S. government that created stimulus money to bail out the banks. So, what does this mean for the banking industry? Well, nothing much either. 
Um, perhaps it could lead to changes in the way banks compensate their executives, but executives will get paid well regardless. There is just too much money to be made by running banks. So what's next? The Recoup Act is now headed to the House of Representatives for consideration. If it is passed by the House and signed into law by President Biden, it would be the first major piece of legislation to reform executive compensation in the banking industry since the financial crisis of 2008. Ultimately, this bill only increases the enforcement of existing laws and sadly won't help solve the root of the problem. Banking executives are very well paid and they have this massive pressure every three months when presenting their quarterly reports. If the prior quarter was better than expected with fantastic projections for the next quarter, the stock prices goes up and the ex executives get paid big bonuses. But if it is the opposite and worse than expected with sour projections, then stock prices go down and shareholders have the legal right to fire the executives. The executives will only uh, receive moderate sized bonuses if that happens. But because of this pressure, it is inevitable that unethical and exploitive behavior occurs. Then regulations happen, causing the bank's expenses to go up, but the pressure is still there. That never goes away. That's why we're not going to be able to regulate our way out of fixing our broken financial system. Because regulations do nothing to address the pressure executives face to constantly increase their quarterly profits. So let's take a moment to reflect on the two quotes uh, I used in this article from the two senators. I'm going to reword their quotes, but I'm only replacing banking executives with politicians. So first, let's take Sherrod Brown, the Democrat from Ohio, his quote. The Recoup Act is a common sense measure that will help to ensure that failed politicians are held accountable for their actions. Sounds good, right? Now, uh, let's take Tim Scott, the senator, uh, the Republican senator from South Carolina. Taxpayers shouldn't have to pay for the incompetence, negligence, and misconduct of failed politicians. Well, wouldn't that be nice if we had a law that, that did claw back their compensation, right? So it's, it's amazing how easily interchangeable bank executives and politicians are with these quotes. It's not that I feel like banking executives shouldn't be held accountable for their actions. Well, they should. And I'm all for clawing back uh, compensation. Politicians, though, need to be held responsible for their actions and... I just don't see that happening. Uh, and certainly no one is proposing legislation on themselves to do a clawback measure. So what can us regular people do to fix our broken financial system? The answer will not only take steps to address the problem of pressure to constantly increase uh, profits every quarter by these big corporations, but when we solve our own problems 
it starts to eliminate the demand for our politicians to to do something, thereby decreasing their own worth and power. So, what is the answer? Well, from my perspective, it's to become a crowd investor. Okay, so corporations, they're designed and they're designed with all this pressure uh, and that happens in something called the private market of investments. Now, up until about eight years ago, the private market was reserved exclusively for accredited and institutional investors. So to become an accredited investor, you after you either have to have a million dollars cash in the bank or made $200,000 a year for the last two years as a single person and $300,000 a year for the last two years as a married couple with no foreseeable change in the future. So, um, so it's the wealthy and institutions that are the ones that are designing these corporations. And it's, it's no surprise that they're being designed to, for, to maximize profits for shareholders because that's who's designing them, these, these shareholders. So, so crowd investing. Well, that, that is the only way for regular people to invest in the private market. And this was only made legal eight years ago. So this is brand new. It's a new opportunity for, for all of us. Now, there is um, a class, an investment class within crowd investing called equity crowdfunding. So this is when uh, a large group of people, regular people, pool small amounts of money to fund startup companies. Now, we now have the opportunity to design corporations to, that looks out for all stakeholders and not just shareholders. So what is a stakeholder? So a stakeholder is anyone or thing that has uh, an interest in the success of a business. So this could be the company's uh, employees and customers, uh, their suppliers and vendors, shareholders and investors, um, the communities that the companies serve, the environment, all of these are our stakeholders and we can design companies that look out for, for all of us. And when we look out for uh, the stakeholders, it, it, it allows a company to have long-term success and not just short-term quarterly profit success, uh, and which will create a, 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 an environment, an, an ecosystem where we don't need to be clawing back uh, executives' pay for failed banks because when we have a stakeholder model, there that's 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 designed. It's part of the the DNA of the corporation to look out for for everybody and not to have just this pressure to to constantly increase quarterly profits. Okay, so that's just one aspect. Um, another one is that because uh, in the past, um, uh, wealthy accredited investors and institutions were dictating who was getting funding and who wasn't. And uh, sadly, this has created additional hurdles for historically uh, groups who have been historically blocked like minorities and women. Now, it it has changed and um, uh, women and minorities are getting more venture capital than they ever have in the history uh, of 
of venture capital and, and startup companies. Uh, but the percentages are still shockingly low. Just 2.2% of venture capital funds went to women in 2022, and just 1.8% went to black founders. So uh, by being a crowd investor and engaging in equity crowdfunding, we can now fund uh, black-owned businesses, women-owned businesses, and not because they're black or woman, women because they're good businesses and they have good business models and they have disruptive technology or they're small businesses that are overlooked by uh, the venture capital firms. They're overlooked by uh, accredited investors and have to only go to uh, the big banks that are abusing their customers that need to have regulations on them to claw back their their compensation because of their incompetence of running a bank. Uh, so so now uh, with crowd investing, we have this opportunity to uh, allow um, just regular uh, people to to have a say in what types of companies get created. And then once these companies are created, now they go ahead and compete with uh, the companies that have these short-term models. And if you're a customer and you have a choice between a company that treats you well, gives you a better product, that looks out for you, uh, that that where you feel heard and valued, there's a better chance you are going to uh, buy products and services from that company than, than a company that may offer you a cheaper price, but in the long run is abusing you and um, and is creating our whole system to 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 face these these uh, collapses. Uh, and and these these wild swings of of you know losing money and 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 uh, ca causing you know people to lose their homes and all this distress and so much in, uh, uncertainty and instability in these these old systems. So so that's that's just a, a part of the picture. Um, the 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 other part is is that accredited investors and institutional investors are reaping massive massive profits off the private market because when these startup companies uh, hit it, uh, the, the, uh, the financial rewards is immense. And with crowd investing, now regular people can get into that action, get to that piece of that action that, that has been reserved exclusively for accredited and institutional investors. So why has it been that way? Well, um, it, it's incredibly risky. Uh, this, the private market is incredibly risky and most startup companies will fail. However, with the beauty of crowd investing is that there are low minimum investment requirements. By its very nature, crowd investing is diversified. So it's it's this large group of people. So let's say um, a, a startup company needs a million dollars. Well, in the past, uh, ten uh, accredited investors would put in a hundred thousand dollars each to to fund that company, and then they would you know reap the massive profits. Now, ten thousand regular people can contribute a hundred dollars each to fund that same million dollars and and so with when you have uh the ability to fund with low minimums a hundred dollars there there are platforms that are fifty dollars 
and $10 even, when you have that diversification, uh, it mitigates this high risk, this this risky nature of the private market. So um, it, it has uh, freed us up to uh, uh, search out not only uh, investments that are far more ethical, where we can create uh, corporations, uh, financial institutions that look out for all stakeholders, but we have the opportunity to profit from it. These massive profits. Now we have a chance to to uh, participate in, and uh, with risk that's that's being mitigated. Uh, and and so this is a very exciting time. This is the first time in history that regular people have this opportunity. My name is Paul Lovejoy. I am a crowd investor, and I see you are one too. If you'd like to know the three secrets to democratically, without political uh, divisive action, uh, fix our broken financial system, go to stakeholderenterprise.com.